1: Opportunity to try and whip the ball in towards the middle from deep, and it comes up towards Jamil Man, it's a great save by Bishop and there's the follow-up from Forest Green Rovers and it's turned into the back of the net, it's Josh Marty who gets the finishing touch to open the scoring on 30 minutes. Despite defeat against league leaders Forest Green Rovers on Tuesday night, the Stags are still well within the promotion punch with seven games left of Skyback League 2. They're three points behind Port Vale who sit in third place thanks to former Stag Harry Charlesley and his goal in midweek. The Stags are also on level points with the two sides above them and sit two points above 7th place Tranmere and three points above 8th place Newport. It's all very very tight, it's all to play for and tomorrow afternoon out to go to the league's bottom side, Scunthorpe United looking to get three points firmly on board. I think they'll go in good heart after tonight, those that came tonight, because of the way we approached the game, the way we played, we're not coming back, we're not, we're not sitting back at uh, even
2: the top of the league, we're going to take the game to them and we'll try and do that as much as we can in Sutton. We came here tonight trying to win the game, but we haven't got anything, everything's just the same, so uh, we, I think we have still to win, uh, what, maybe five out of seven or something like that, uh, goes around that 80 point mark.
1: Uh, well, let's try and get make sure we're in that top seven. Boss Nigel Clough knows that the Stags have to stay fully focused and not think that they've got three points before they've even kicked a ball against the side that are absolutely scrapping for survival and already look done with just six games of their campaign to go. Tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast, we'll reflect on that midweek defeat and question whether or not George Lapsley's red card will be overturned. It could be if there's anything to do with fairness in football, but... Lady Luck has refused to smile on the Stags before and who knows what Mooch is in on this Friday evening. As always, come and have your say on your team. Let us know your thoughts on that Forest Green game, as we say. Let us know your thoughts ahead of tomorrow's trip to Scunthorpe United as well. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. I never usually start with lessons on the usual podcast, but a lesson to me and producer me, and that is never pre-record the intro, because I mentioned there about, well, whether or not George Lapsley's red card would be overturned, it wasn't. More on that later on. Hello and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Well, because Mansfield always matters. A timely reminder that in two weeks' time, two weeks' tonight, we'll be getting ready for Stag's Stories Live with Stuart Watkiss, Neil Richardson, and guests at One Course Stadium. If you want to get yourself a ticket for that, the link is in the description. More on that later on as we kickstart things with breaking news from One Course Stadium uh, in the last few minutes or so, and that is that Mansfield Town Sky Bet League Two encounter away at Salford City has been moved to Monday the second of May after being selected for live coverage on Sky Sports. The contest was originally scheduled for Saturday the thirtieth of April. The game at the Peninsula Stadium will kick off at uh, half past 12, of course, on Bank Holiday Monday, with both teams vying for a top-seven finish as the race for promotion intensifies. Ticket details for the match uh, will be announced in due course. However, due to the game being selected for live coverage on Sky Sports, uh, the game will not be available to watch on iFollow Audio commentary will still be available, and of course, will be available on Mansfield 103.2 as well. So, if you're not going to uh, Salford, what I suggest you do is watch it on Sky Sports, press the mute button, and turn up your radios and listen to full match commentary on Mansfield 103.2. More self promotional plugs later on, but first, let's delve into the Mansfield Matters podcast. As always, as we say hello uh, to two people to to uh, reflect on Forest Green Rovers. One man who was in the terraces over on the far side. It uh, was uh, Clive, uh, do I do I not like the Forest Green parking? Good evening. <laughs> Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Yes, I've decided I don't
2: like Forest Green.
1: Yeah, we'll come on to uh, reason as well. Was it not because you couldn't get a sausage roll or was it just because of the, the defeat and the red card? Or
2: No, I went well-equipped with uh, carnivorous snacks. Um, I just um, I just think it's a very inhospitable club for away fans. And I think I don't think it's worthy of their
1: lofty and haughty ambitions. Uh, well, one man who was alongside me, he had a pass on the door I didn't, was Mr. Alan Wilson. <laughs> How are you, my friend? Yeah, Good evening, Craig, and good evening, everybody. Good to see you again. Uh, very, very shocking. Uh, so I had to change one of our usual passes, because my usual co-commentator, Lee, is uh, sunny himself in bard or as he calls it, preparing for the run-in. Um, so I got Mr. Wilson in as, uh, as usual. I said, right, can I swap Lee Wilson for Alan Wilson? They only swapped me for, for, for Alan, didn't they? They didn't have me on the list. Shocking, but it's good job Lee was still there and managed to blag our way in all the same. Right, where do we start? Um, as always, get your comments in uh, and have your uh, your say on your team. Um, Roy has asked, has the red card been rescinded? The answer is no. And uh, very disappointing decision, Clive. But one probably we expected.
2: Yes, I think there's a, it seems to me that Mansfield Town has um, a reputation that goes before it. And I think the EFL panel have just taken that into account. I think this is one of those instances where it could have gone either way, but it was never going to go our way. I'm being, I know I'm being cynical, but uh, I've looked at it several
1: times and yeah,
2: there was no intent. And I think uh, the referee, if he's any good at his job, should have recognised that and just awarded a yellow.
1: Yeah, there was no intent in, in it there, Alan. And what, having watched the footage back, you know, it's been slowed down a little bit as well. Yes, he's leading with his foot. Yes, he does catch the Forest Green man, but it's a very soft yellow card at, at best. And, you know, Lapsley had not been warned or game. He's not the sort of player to go in and uh, put malice challenges in there. So very, very strange decision and one which, uh, as we saw after the game, saw Nigel Clough seething. Yeah, I'm very surprised.
3: Uh, the other, I haven't seen it back. I only saw it live on the night, Craig. And I haven't had a chance to see it back, so I can't comment on that bit. But from what I saw where I was, I didn't think it was a red card. Plus the fact, if Nigel Clough thought it was worth having a go to rescind it, and which he did, he obviously thought the same. And I'm very surprised it's not been rescinded because of that fact. Because if Nigel thinks it's got no chance... It wouldn't have done it anyway, like he did with Ollie Clark. I think it was earlier on in the season. Mm, you know, they didn't right. bother with that one because they thought, you know, they got no chance. But obviously, he thought he got a really good chance of getting it rescinded. Which uh, I'm really surprised and very disappointed that uh, we haven't had it rescinded. One-
1: one saving grace, Clive, is the fact that it is only a three-game bad. And I say it is only, but usually when you appeal these cards, you usually get a, another game whacked on for having the audacity to challenge yeah. referees, don't you, Clive? So uh, I think they must that, have that's forgotten, the forgotten
2: about that. Otherwise, we'd have, we'll keep, had, we'd have
1: had that, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll keep it quiet I then. I think there
2: ought to be an award um, you know, um, from a panel of judges on the night for the quality of the um, triple salco that the uh, FGR player performed. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody twirl around so much, having had his foot tapped.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, certainly an 8.5 on the uh, the Tom Daly scale, wasn't it? It's, uh... And if you
2: look at their players, there wasn't a great deal of outcry at the time. They saw it for what it really was, which was fairly innocuous. Mm. It was only cool. one who went down screaming and shouting for his mother and having... Tr- Having whirled around in the air for 30 minutes, the, the referee felt he ought to do something about it.
1: We said exactly the same in commentary, didn't we, Alan? You know, a, a clear sign of whether there was intent or not is the reaction of all sets of players. And there was no reaction until, like Clive said, he went down like a screaming banshee. I
3: know, well, you know, apart from uh, <laughs> the other lad wearing, trying to wear Oliver Hawkins' Oliver shirt, you know, he got away with it most of the game. He finally got booked. And it's mm. not sour grapes either. It's just you know they, they seem to get away with it all night now. Whether that's costed top at league or what, I've, you know, I can't really comment. But it did seem to go against us, you know, with the shirt pulling and filing and whatever else. Certainly they were very good. They after. were a very
2: cynical side. I mean, yeah. I have to say overall, I thought they probably did enough to win the game one nil. Uh, they won most of the aerial battles and uh, they were better at the second ball than we were throughout the game. Although we did improve, ironically, in the second half after we'd uh, gone down to 10 players. But um, no, uh, to, to lose 1-0 against the league leaders on their ground at any stage in the season isn't a disaster. <clears throat> it's just disappointing the way it happened.
1: I mean, I'm not blaming anybody here and I'm not saying that there's any sort of conspiracy, but uh, there is strong rumours going around that the referee is a vegan. Uh, and... and <laughs> <laughs> On my way into the ground, I, I did see uh, a couple of the kiosk girls loading a couple of boxes of vegan pies into the referee's what was the referee's car? So two and two yeah. together might make five. Who knows? But he needs to go back to the planet Vega. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, get your comments in, have your say on your team. Let's delve into uh, a few of them. It will be a bit of a shorter podcast uh, tonight because uh, I've recorded a couple of podcasts for the Stag Story series over the last couple of nights and uh, got in trouble with uh, the better half for... uh, for not spending much time with us, so I've told her to go to the chippy, get us a chippy tea on me, and uh, she'll be back about six o'clock, quarter past six-ish. So as uh, soon as she's in and the chips are here, then that's it. I'm gone. So, uh, so there you go. Right, let's delve into some of the comments. Uh, Luke's kicked us off. He says, "I think we played better when we went down to ten men. Unfortunately, we didn't bring the po- the points home, but we showed signs of quality considering up the Stags. The Mansfield on YouTube says uh, it's not a guaranteed three points. Uh, presuming I mean tomorrow." Uh, however, I think most stakes fans would be disappointed with anything less than a win. Uh, Jim says, even if we don't get promoted this season, I do feel if we st- uh, stick by and support Clough from the top to the bottom of the club, then promotion eventually at some point is a matter of when, not if. Um, uh, and Ellen says, despite the result, another fine performance by Wallace. Hopefully he starts on Saturday. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that, Clive. I mean... Obviously, he was taken off at half time along with Ollie Hawkins. And Clough said basically because they were both booked and the referee was itching to send someone on, someone off. How right he was. Um, I was very impressed with Wallace. I was actually very impressed with uh, a very sort of strange setup in uh, the middle of the park. We are almost playing like a pentagon in midfield, which was really, really strange. But it, it worked quite well with Wallace and uh, and uh, Quinn sort of sitting and at the bottom of that.
2: Yeah, I thought Wallace was having a decent enough game. Um, I'm, I'm never quite sure whether it's worth taking a player off at half-time because they've got a yellow. I think it's, it smacks a little bit of over-caution. But, you know, I'm, not, I'm nowhere near as equipped to make these decisions as the manager we pay a lot, an awful lot of money to do. However, I thought Hawkins was having a poor game. Um, he, uh, and uh, There were many around me calling for him to be taken off anyway because he wasn't having a very good game. Probably a little unfair but certainly they, uh, they got the master of him. And that's to their credit. They recognised that he wasn't as uh, competent a centre-back as he is a centre-forward, and they exploited that. And that's always a risk, I think, with Hawkins, because he is a very immobile player compared to many, and, and the right ball defeats him. And, and they were playing to their own strengths, which was actually not uh, oh. to his. So I wasn't disappointed he didn't come back on. Uh, and I do take the point about him another yellow card i mean he he's only got to get another one i think doesn't need yeah. to get a, a six, six year ban or something no
1: two uh, two more is on 13 at the minute so uh, two more and he's got a f- uh, another another three game ban i think A uh, so just about gets two or three yeah with three yeah, he had one yeah it's one two then three so it would be a three game ban so uh, we're
2: forward into the next season no no, they don't. No. Um, uh,
1: an interesting point, though, on that, Alan, was what Nigel Clough said after the game in his interview. If you want to watch that in full, it's on our YouTube channel. Uh, was that had James Perch been feeling a little bit better, Hawkins would have uh, been benched uh, on Tuesday night and given him a little bit of a rest with Perch playing right back and uh, Haw- uh, Hewitt going in at centre-half, which was what happened in the second half. And to be fair, that back four very rarely looked troubled, even you know even with the ten men and the, the one-man disadvantage. I'm say I thought
3: uh, Perch did well when he came on. I thought Hewitt was outstanding in the second half. But I would like to see, uh, I would like to see Ferend come on tomorrow and slot into that back four. Hewitt, you know, whether it's at the expense of Perch or not, and put Hawkins up front because we need some goals tomorrow. And I think Hawkins would be a better bet up there than at the defence. But I mean, that's only my opinion because more goals, you know, for the get that. Goals for tally up a little bit further than it is now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, we, it's an interesting way to approach tomorrow night. Well, tomorrow afternoon. Sorry, we'll come back to that uh, a little bit more uh, in, in a while. But just sticking on Forest Green for a moment, Clive, and that's uh, Mansfield performance. So, you know, obviously, we finished the game with ten men. We lose one nil to the top of the league with ten men. We could have got turned over, but we played really, really well. And all that we were missing was just that spark and and that finishing touch because the opening sort of 10 minutes or so we were brilliant and we really should have had uh, at least a goal Stephen Quinn fizzes one over from the edge of the box really unlucky and then Lucas Aikens how on earth he's missed that and I know he took some criticism from social media and I have to say that everybody that's tried to have that conversation with me I've completely disagreed with. Um, I think he's a fine player for us and he offers us something which um, fans don't necessarily see but just because he's not putting the ball in the back of the net that's where the criticisms come in.
2: Yeah it's a single dimensional criticism isn't it? They're not taking into account the other contributions that he makes but having said that you can't hide on the football pitch and, and if he's not having an end result and By the law of averages he ought to have had a goal by now Um, then he's going to be exposed to criticism um he needs a bit of luck i think he needs something to go off his knee and go in the goal or whatever but you know it wouldn't matter too much if we were able to score a few more goals naturally anyway and that's been our problem i think we our performance has relied on a really really tight backside. and and uh, sorry i don't mean that in in a Physiologically, i know what you meant I know what you meant. <laughs> and you i think quit. we we um we we haven't been over the seasons good enough to avoid conceding a goal on too many occasions therefore we had to be better at putting him in the other end we certainly miss oats because we don't mm-hmm. have that that speed that he brings to the game and uh, i thought that um the two strikers we had were working really hard but their their defensive lineup I thought, by and large, was a capable of looking after them and they did, by and large. Uh, I think we uh, we know what we're, go- we're going to expect Clough to pick on uh, for tomorrow's game and I I th- I, I think that Farron Rawson will be in the side. I also think Danny Johnson will be in the side and I think it's probably set up for that
1: tomorrow. Mm, it's an interesting one. Jamie in the comments says, but he was brought in to score goals. Now, I think there's, there's a point to that because he is a out-and-out striker, but... I don't particularly think he was. You look at the the amount of goals he scored for Burton Albion, 2014 to 2022, he was there. 305 appearances and only 65 goals. That's, you know, it's not a a massive great return. And I sort of said this at the time that he signed. I don't think he was necessarily brought in to, to be that goal scorer. I think he was brought in, Alan, to hold the ball up, give us that outlay option and, you know, create and We've opened those pockets of spaces, and that's something we've, we've, we've certainly seen. You look at the goals we scored at Hartlepool as a, a prime example to that. I don't necessarily agree that he was brought in to to be that that man who's going to come in and score, you know, nine goals in nine games or whatever. When he's on uh, when he's on the same side as Barry,
3: they seem to. I know they obviously interchange and whatever other side, but. When they're on the same side, they seem to work together quite well, and I would say 80% of the time, from what I've seen of Lucas Akins, is done reasonably well. He's held the ball up, but it's just that other 20% when the ball goes astray or it's a misguided pass or whatever. I mean, nobody's perfect, Greg. You know, let's uh, let's be honest about it. But uh, he's, I think he's done reasonably well since the time for the time that he's been here. And I think I think he can get better, but it's like Clive said. I think he just needs a goal. Once he gets that, if he if he'd have scored that goal on uh, Tuesday night, the one you know, the third third tapping that we called it, because after the first ten minutes, like we said on commentary, they were playing like Brazil. Wallace yeah. to Quinn, Quinton, macca you know, and they were playing really good football. And if that had gone one 0 at one nil up, you know, it'd be an entirely different game. His confidence would have been up. And we'd have seen a different side to him, I think. But I think he just needs a goal.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that is true. Uh, I think once he gets that goal as well, Clive. I think that might get uh, people off his back a little bit. But if he, you know, if he plays tomorrow and you know gets a, a couple of assists and puts in a, a, a good shift, then that will change. it. I think it's just because it, it was his miss that sort of. Uh, yeah. That cost Look, us a every, little. I would say cost player, us. That's
2: a bit wrong, Every player yeah. misses opportunities. Every mm. player makes mistakes and gives penalties away and all the fouls in the world. Listen, there is a reason these lads are playing in League Two. They have an ability level. And the best teams with the best players tend to get out of this league. And whatever we whatever my dislike for Forest Green Rovers, they have a very efficient and effective setup. Mm. And they by and large, can handle anything that's thrown at them. They had a bit of a wobble, and I don't understand why they did, but they did. And we could have beat them with a bit more luck at their ground on Tuesday. We didn't, we move on.
1: Yeah, that's the key thing, Alan, isn't it? We've got to move on, and we've got to move on quickly. It's not a negative result for me. I I don't think many of us expected to go there and actually get anything more than a point we were capable of beating them of course we were but if some butts don't get you promotion it's what you do you know in in the next game and Nigel Clough was very very keen to sort of wrap it off sign it off and and, and move on as quickly as he could
3: well that's that we've done for the rest of the season isn't it Craig we've we've done that you know in abundance as it were we've done well we've you know you know we've had the fantastic run then we had a couple of losses we started uh, winning again and then we've had a loss we've just got to carry it on but it, I don't think it's no better team tomorrow to play than who we are playing because we if we get going you know we can get that goals column up you know to where we need it to be and I think uh, it will prove that tomorrow with the, with the side that he picks but you know we've just got to we've just got to carry on there's seven games left yet and it's in our hands as like we said before. Four games left at home as of three away. It's actually turning in our favour for a change.
1: Uh, Ashley says he needs a goal and he will kick on, but he needs time. But unfortunately, it's time we don't really have. Jamie says, I would start with Johnson tomorrow. We're going to switch our attention uh to tomorrow afternoon's uh, game. Uh, it will be a shorter podcast than usual uh, today, as we mentioned at the top of the show. But don't worry, we've given you some extra bonus content this week. If you were watching on your podcast feeds, if you subscribe to Mansfield Matters on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever, get those notifications on. And on uh, Thursday, you would have noticed yesterday uh, that we dropped a, a half an hour or so interview with Stuart Watkiss, who will be alongside me Um, on uh, Saturday afternoon, tomorrow afternoon for full match commentary on Mansfield 103.2. Let's focus on tomorrow afternoon. Just because they're bottom of the league, Clive, and uh, haven't won in so many games, they're in really, really uh, poor form. Uh, they've, They've only picked up five points from their last 18 games, one win and two draws, and lost five on the spin. It's not an easy game and we should not go into that with the arrogance expecting to win the game before a ball is kicked it will be for me the toughest game of our final seven
2: yeah you're dead right and I don't think anybody at the football club will be taking it along those complacent lines I think some fans might do and can understand that if we're playing the bottom of the league and the team that by and large is relegated but uh, they're dangerous fixtures, and it, over the years the Stags have done incredibly poorly against teams they should have beaten very easily. Uh, that doesn't mean a lot, but that's uh, that's sod's law, isn't it? That every now and again, mm-hmm. when you really should do something, you don't, and when you're not expected to do it, you would, you do. So uh, I agree with you. I think this is probably a a, a, a full-cribbing game. You know, the outcome of this game will determine just how we finish the season in many ways. I expect us to win, um, and I think everybody at the club does, but it's not a given.
0: Mm,
1: Yeah, that's a a big point, what Clive just said there, Alan, that it could shape the season. For me, Nigel Cloughy has been very insistent on focusing one game by a game. Um, I'm looking at it as a three game block now. We're more than capable of getting 15, getting maximum points from the next three fixtures. But that's going to really depend on what we do tomorrow and how results go elsewhere tomorrow. We are more than capable of finishing in that third place spot. Everything is sort of weighing in our advantage with that. You know, the fact that we've got three of the last four at home, the fact that we've also got, you know, teams around us to play and, of course, that vital game in hand. But for me, it's all about setting ourselves up and that starts tomorrow. We've got to go there, got to be... Not complacent, not arrogant. We've got to be fully focused and, and a little bit ruthless in, in some respects, but it all shapes from uh, tomorrow. We can't get into that mindset like we had a couple of seasons ago where it was so, so close, but then it, we just dropped away from it uh, at the end.
3: Yeah, no, and, uh, don't, don't remind me, Craig, <laughs> one point from three games. It? Mm. But never mind, that's all gone, that's history. And tomorrow, I think the turning point will be the first 15 minutes. If we can get a goal in that first 15 minutes you'll see a different mansell town tomorrow I think they'll click but we've just got to get that first goal in the you know well I mean get it as soon as you can but I'm just I'm giving him 15 minutes to settle down and get the ball because it's like somebody the gentleman in the comments said they're there for a reason like we're sixth for a reason we are better than them and we need to put the foot on the pedal tomorrow and we need to
1: prove it and yeah
2: to, and the fans are going to be there mob handed yeah. as well i mean we'll make more noise than anybody i think on in the ground tomorrow
3: yeah
1: yeah that that's the expectations for me i think the players will be focused. i think it needs to be uh, a collective thing and this is not a negative towards the fans it, it's just a thing of when things aren't quite going our way it's quite easy when the pressure's on when you know that something's so close to let that frustration bubble over a little bit on a saturday afternoon just stay calm and just stay focused because the Mansfield Town side have got enough about them to to do it. But it all comes down to uh, just managing that expectation, and um, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it 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 is what it is. Uh, it'd Richard be nice said,
2: to have a decent referee tomorrow.
1: Well, there you go. Uh, Richard says I don't expect an easy game, but to say it's the hardest of the last seven is ridiculous. They are bottom for a reason. Yes, they are bottom for a reason, but that's why for me it is one of the hardest ones because of the expectation. It's not the hardest in terms of ability and the way they play football um, that will come, you know, to against the other teams that are up and around us. But it's the hardest in terms of, expectation and and playing the game in your mind. And that's exactly why I stick by uh, what I say. Uh, Susan says, Scunny's Gate's 2,000 plus average with 2,000 Mansfield fans uh, going. This game will seem like a home game and could work out to advantage. Um, Jim says, Clough isn't one to allow complacency at all. Let's talk team selection. Someone mentioned Danny Johnson earlier on. He got a good run out on uh, on Tuesday night, Alan, and did all right to to say that we had a, a man less um would he be in your starting to line up to tomorrow afternoon considering research is, is likely to be missing if research is missing i would like to see hawkins and
3: johnson play, hawkins up front that is, <laughs> and johnson playing off him and with laps not playing for the next three matches mm. i would like to see Marius back because i think he's quality well you know my feelings on maris being like that all season is quality and he just dictates dictates the play better than any other player in the Mansell team. I think if he gets at side mm. of Longstaff, I think we'll see a quality effort tomorrow with Quinn on the left. And it'd been nice to see Hawkins and Johnson up front because I mean you can always change it if need be, like Nigel does. If the formation needs change changing, it will do, and there'll be no problem doing that if they can start with Hawkins flicking the ball on or, you know, laying it off and the fox in the box, if he gets a chance, hopefully he'll put it away.
1: What about you, Clive? Are you starting Johnson tomorrow or are you a little bit more reserved? No, I'm absolutely, along with with Alan there, I think that's the pairing up
2: front and let Barry have a bit more of a roving brief. Um, Mm. And I think at the back, I really like to think we'll start with Perch in the the side. That's key for me. He brings a calmness that um, is essential at this stage. And, and I think Rawson's done absolutely nothing wrong to not be playing, It's just circumstance. So I'd, I'd have a, no problem in bringing uh, Rawson in to allow a change of use of, of Hawkins.
1: I can potentially see his starting with a, th- a back three tomorrow and pushing McLaughlin and Perch as the wing-backs a little bit higher up. So potentially a, a, a three centre-halves of O'Toole, Rawson, and uh, Hewitt. and Hewitt with uh, thanks, Alan. Uh, with uh, with Perch, right wing back, McLaughlin, left wing back, pushing up and really trying to take control because I think that will allow us to probably compensate for missing George Lapsley. Stirk will definitely come back in. Um, because you know, and I, I'd like to see us maybe start Wallace as well. Quinn will, will start. I think I just got a feeling we're going to go with a back three tomorrow and play with wing backs and really try and. Bomb down the sides and really do them some damage. And I think, again, that uh, maybe fits into your theory of having Bowery, Hawkins, and uh, and Johnson playing up top.
3: Yeah, I understand. I wouldn't uh, have a problem with Bowery playing, but I would like to get Maris in. I don't care where you fit him in, get him in. <laughs> because I think he's the kingpin. I really do. I think they've missed Maris, like they missed O'Toole. You know, generally at the back, those two games where he weren't playing and then he came on as a sub and he obviously got his place back. O'Toole's uh, been quality since and uh, I think Marius can do the same job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to come on to podcast predictions in just a minute. That's almost all we've got time for tonight. I did say it'd be a shorter one uh, this evening. Just a reminder, if you are on the road with the Stags, uh, obviously the Stag Support Association taking coaches tomorrow, but they're also taking coaches up to Carlisle on uh, Easter Monday, Monday the 18th of April. Departure from one-course stadium is 9am. It's £15 if you're an Amber or a junior member, £20 if you're a Blue member or £30 if you're a non-member. And that all-important number to Call is 07967
3: 689597
1: 07967 689 7, the number to call. And in two weeks' time, we'll be live. Well, we'll be getting our suits on at this time. We'll be uh, probably sweating backstage at uh, One Call Stadium, making sure all the microphones are working, looking out the window, hoping people are going to be turning up. Um, so please buy a ticket and uh, give us that reassurance that you are actually coming. Uh, Stag Stories Live. One Course Stadium, Friday the 22nd of April, two weeks uh, from now. Stuart Watkis, Neil Richardson and more guests to be confirmed uh, will be at One Call Stadium for that episode of Stag Stories Live. Uh, really, really looking forward to that one, Clive. And uh, I know you were speaking to a lot of people on the uh, supporters, coaches, weren't you, uh, on uh, Tuesday night. And there's a nice little bit of uh, anticipation building for it, isn't there? There is. I think if people can get the, by and large, one to come,
2: I mean, a lot of people have other arrangements on Friday evenings. It's always a, a problem when you, whichever day or time you pick, you're going to find some people that can't get. But yeah, I think uh, those that are able to come will enjoy it. It'll be a good couple of hours, I think.
1: Yeah, certainly will. We'll have Biscuit Bingo, some other entertainment in there as well for you. Tickets are just £5 if you want to come along uh, to that. Um, and if you're a Stag Supporters Association member, Uh, you can use the code SSA2122 at checkout uh, to get your ticket completely free, but you must show your SSA membership card on the door. Um, Yeah, so get in the link in the description and come along uh, to uh, that one. Stag Stories Live in two weeks' time. There's also an extended interview with Stuart Watkins in our podcast feeds right now and on our social media pages. And if that wasn't enough, um, there'll also be uh, Stuart Watkins alongside me tomorrow for full match commentary as the Stags go to Scunthorpe. He'll be part of a exclusive Stag's Stories series, which includes former Stag Les Robinson. He's got some great stories uh, to tell. Really enjoyed recording that one. And Kevin Pilkington as well will also be a guest on the series coming very, very soon indeed. Right, let's switch our attentions to work uh, podcast predictions because I can smell the chips. Um, Nathan is uh, still top of the table. Nobody scored any points um, in midweek, as you'd uh, imagine. Nathan remains top of the table then on 51. He has gone for a 3-0 win with Rhys Jordan Barry, and Lucas Aikens getting on the score sheet. Cam then told him in the comments in our group chat that uh, Rhys is probably unlikely to play. Nathan to uh, change his prediction. And I said no. So uh, there you go. Um, Cam's also gone for a 3-0 win and he's gone for Danny Johnson, Jordan Barry and Ollie Hawkins. Uh, (laughs) Alan, you're next in the table then. Uh, Both Cam on uh, by a whole point. So what are you going to go for? I thought thought you'd actually mention mine then
3: before Cam's because That's exactly what I was thinking. 3-0, Hawkins, Barry and Johnson. That's obviously if uh, Oats don't play. But I'm just going to stick my neck out and say Johnson, Barry, and Hawkins.
1: Excellent. Clive, what about you? Where are you going with it? I've been a bit more daring. I want to say uh, Scunthorpe won, Sinclair. Well, Sinclair can't play. Right, Cost it's not his... gonna be Sinclair then. But it, it doesn't, doesn't it, matter <laughs> anyway, because you don't get points for a weight for opposition goal scorers. But he can't play because he's on loan from us. But anyway, quite right too. I'm
2: crossing him out as we speak. Yeah,
1: I would as well. Yeah. And uh, the Stags six. You're going oh, for a
2: six-one win. I'm going Barry
1: Johnson. Oh, God, better... Whoa, whoa, slow that right, Barry Johnson. Yeah, Quinn. Right, Hawkins. Yeah, McLaughlin. Yeah. An own goal. Do you, am I giving you a point for an own goal? Why not? All right, yeah. You don't right start then.
2: rewriting the chuffing rules again, Craig. All
1: right, all right, all right. I'll give you that. So, uh, an own goal. Right, hey, what if do I, I get 6-1 six six
2: win, I deserve it.
1: You do. I tell, tell you what, you know, right, I'm going to put my neck out, right? If you get 6-1 with all of those goal scorers, yeah. I will double your points. Oh, <laughs> oh. Don't <laughs> tell Nathan, Matt. Because I, I, I think that that's just such a long shot. I mean, I'd love to see it happen, but I would double your points if that happens. Right, I'm salivating now because I can smell the chips which have just been delivered. Uh, right, so I am going to go... I'm not going to go 6-1, but I am going to be uh, a little bit more ambitious than 3-0. I am going to go for a 4-1 win. Uh, and I'm going to go for um, Jordan Bowery to get 2. Um, and I'm going to go for uh, Stephen Quinn to rasp one in. And uh, what was the word that I used on Tuesday, Alan, which you quite liked? R- Raza. Raza. And I'm going to go for a John Joe O'Toole Raza. So there oh. you go. If you want to play along, you can do so via the link in the description. Um, and make sure you get your predictions in one hour and one minute before kickoff. Um, and of course, uh, yeah, get yourself a ticket for Stag Stories Live in two weeks' time um, as well whilst you're there. Right, that's all we've got time for. Chip's. Enjoy here. your chips, Craig. Oh, look at that! I mean, I've even got. Oh, look at these. These look. Oh, these look nice. Oh, a lot of salt on them as well. They look. Oh, they look lovely. Um, he knows about not he? Got a can of dandelion and burdock. Right, that's it. I'm shutting up. Right. Um, make sure you uh, you subscribe. All of that useless. Right, just play the highlights from t- from Tuesday night. See you in the week. Eight games to go in Skybet League 2. The finishing line may well be in sight, but Nigel Clough has issued a stern message to his players and the supporters. Focus on what's in front of you. What is in front of them tonight? A Forest Green Rovers side top of Skybet League 2, aiming to get promotion into League 1 as the teams make their way out onto the pitch for this big encounter, which could be huge in terms of the season for both of these sides. Mansfield Town on the back of that victory over Fellow promotion chasers, Northampton, on Saturday make two changes to the starting lineup. Starman man Reese misses out of the 18. Ryan Sturk dropped to the bench. In come Jordan Barry and Kieran Wallace. Hewitt is in possession for the Stags over on the halfway line, over on that right-hand side. Charging forward, low ball into Quinn 30 from goal. Quinn sets himself for a shot. Oh! missed wide by Stephen Quinn, inches wide of going into the top corner. Excellent football from Mansfield Town. There, all started by Elliot Hewitt, charging over the halfway line, low. Ball into the feet of Quinn, and from 32 yards, Wisda left for an effort just wide of the ball.
3: 36-year-old yesterday and he shows every little ounce of his uh, experience there uh, just by the post. Cracking shot. A nice play by Keurig to get the uh, chance in
1: the first place. Also, a- almost a yard for every year there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Aikens flicks it, looking for Bowery. It falls for Quinn. Quinn has knocked it over the Forest Green man's head and uh, Bowery managed to get it into Longstaff. He pushes it towards Aikens on the edge of the box. Aikens looks to turn. McLaughlin wants it wide left and gets it from deep. Pushes it forward to Quinn. Takes it well, low ball into Bowery to the left of the area. Barry gets it back for Quinn. First time ball into Longstaff. Longstaff looks to set himself He might fall for Lapsley. Returning towards Longstaff inside the area, It's still free. Akins! Oh, it's wide! Lucas Aikins turns it wide from six yards. Great bit of football from Mansfield. Really opened up Forest Green Rovers. And Lucas Aikins, with the goal at his mercy, somehow spun and fired wide. I'm
3: going to say he didn't quite connect properly, did he? It was like bounced off him. You know, but with the the goal was gaping and, you know, he's got the first chance of a good shot there, but just wasn't to be, but Mansfield are playing some really, really attractive football tonight, Craig.
1: Forest Green on the edge of the Mansfield box can try and get the ball wide again. They do, towards that far side, opportunity to try and whip the ball in towards the middle from deep. And it comes up towards Jamil Man. it's a great save by Bishop, and there's the follow-up from Forest Green Rovers, and it's turned into the back of the net. It's Josh Marche who gets the finishing touch to open the scoring of 13 minutes. Forest Green Rovers won, Mansfield Town Mill.
3: Holly Hawkins made a fantastic effort to get, get away, with, you know, put the header away, and their bloke tried to put it in, fantastic save by Bishop, and there was just nobody there to stop him from putting
1: the ball in. As soon as Sweeney takes this throw, it will be the half-time whistle referee, looks at the watch, whistles the lips, and as Stephen McLaughlin was in a choke hold there by Jamil Matt, the referee of uh, Carl Brooks does bring an end to this first half. Forest Green Rovers have had two shots on goal, lead by a goal to nil. Heavy touch finds its way to Lapsley. Oh, give John over. Don't by George Lapsley right in front of the referee. No. And Nigel Clough is saying that is never a foul. George Lapsley, though, will go in. Now he's got a straight red card. George Lapsley has been sent off for Mansfield Town, and Nigel Clough and Andy Garner are absolutely furious at the fourth official, the referee and the linesman, and asking how on earth that is a red card. Mansfield down to ten men. George Lapsley dismissed, and nobody in Mansfield's camp can believe it. There was not one appeal from Forest Green Rovers. That is a disgrace. Forest Green defendants superbly well. McLaughlin puts it back in but there's the full-time whistle and Forest Green Rovers get three more points in their charge towards the title. In all retrospect, Mansfield Town tonight, had they finished with 11 men may well would have got a goal back it's Forest Green Rovers 1 Mansfield Town nil. So there you have it then, that's the story of Tuesday night as the Stags fell to a 1-0 defeat away at league leaders Forest Green Rovers but all is not lost for Nigel Clough's men seven games to go starting tomorrow afternoon at the league bottom side Scunthorpe United let's hope that the Stags can remain focused to get their 20th win of the campaign and put three points on board hunting down third place Port Vale who host struggling Oldham elsewhere in Skybet League 2 there are plenty of games which affect the Stags but focus needs to be really really on Nigel Clough's men if we do our jobs anything else which happens is an absolute bonus if you can't get tomorrow afternoon make sure you tune in to Mansfield 103.2 our special guest co-commentator Stuart Watkiss will be alongside me for full match commentary on Mansfield 103.2. Jason Harrison has your build up from 1pm and then me and Stuart will be at the ground together delivering you that full match commentary. And don't forget there's still a chance for you to get your Stags Stories live tickets with Stuart Watkiss as our guest Neil Richardson, Andy White there as well and some more special guests to be announced. The link that you need is in the description it's just £5 per person, per ticket, or if you're an SSA member, use the code SSA2122 to get your code absolutely free. Make sure you come and join us in two weeks' time, Friday the 22nd of April, as Mansfield Town's former promotion-winning manager, Stuart Watkins, his assistant, Neil Richardson, goal-scoring hero, Andy White, and guests... Come back to relive those times some 20 years on as always thanks for your company tonight the link as i say that you need is in the description we'll be back in the week as we look ahead to the easter weekend's fixtures and reflect on the scunthorpe game for now though enjoy tomorrow if you can't get get by your radio sets to hear all of the drama as it unfolds on mansfield 103.2 this is the show for the fans by the fans this is the mansfield matters podcast